The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic, Dynamic pet, pet Duo. You are listening to the Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio. We want to wish you happy Father's Day, especially for all of you dog-owning dads out there. Me. That's right. You and you get, Dr. Fleck, you get lots of cards from your furry family members. I do. I love every one of them, too, and I kiss them afterwards. Okay. So, you know, it's funny because this morning I talked to my friend Debbie who lives in New Jersey. You know my friend Debbie. She's got Jelly. I call her dog Jelly. It's Jerry Lee. He's an English toy spaniel like the five of our dogs. And, you know, Debbie lives in the town in New Jersey or the county in New Jersey that's most affected by COVID other than New York City. And she told me that she's been walking her neighborhood these last few months. Now, many states are opening up, but New Jersey is kind of like New York and it's moving very, very slow. And she told me for the last few months that she's been walking her neighborhood and she's been meeting so many great people with their dogs, but at a distance. And she said they walk together on different sides of the street, very much like neighbors who run together. They run on different sides of the street. You know, the one thing that's really interesting is they're all wearing masks where they live because everything is is not open. And we know wearing the mask is very, very important. So it really kind of made me think about my dog training days because a lot of times dogs bark when people, intimates come over or friends come over and you're wearing a hat and your dark glasses. And that's because dogs and cats communicate through facial expressions and body language when interacting with other people. Dogs and cats always pay attention to the eyes, the ear positions and attention or lack of tension around the mouth. And they have to learn how to read people's facial expression and body language. And right now we're missing those key elements because... We're all wearing masks. So with the new COVID-19 recommendations for people to wear face masks and scarves and bandanas and accessories, we're limiting, I think, a huge part of how we communicate with animals. So more emphasis has to be placed on the eyes because it's the only part of the face that they can see. So as a result, this might lead, I think, to a breakdown in communication with your animal. So take that into consideration. Imagine when a dog or cat does not have the frame of reference and all they can read is two staring eyes coming at them. So since obviously most of the face is covered up and they really can't determine the intent of the person. So you've got to make sure on a regular basis, you or your friends coming over, if they have mask on or you're walking outside, you have to look happy with your eyes just to give them a frame of reference. You know, they can't really see that you're smiling under the mask and that you're happy to see them. So they're working at a disadvantage at this time. They can only go by the impression of your eye contact. So if you had a bad day, just take a deep breath at the door and put on your happy face. Well, if you meet an animal that you don't know while you're wearing a face mask, move slowly, talk to the animal, and do not try to maintain direct eye contact. Try to be less threatening and I think it's a good idea, you know, blink a few times and look away to show that you're not a threat, that you're friendly, and then reach out slowly to pet the animal under its chin. All dog trainers recommend that you start there, let them sniff your hand, and, you know, we just need to show them that our body language 
is not harmful, but it's happy. I think that's very good suggestion. A good suggestion. It's a little late for that, but you know, it's something I was thinking about. You know, a lot of people have to continue to wear masks uh, frequently, right. whether they're out or whether they're in inside a. Enclave. You know, and it's funny because COVID has changed the pet owning experience so much. And this is one of the things that I really definitely wanted to mention. But now that I did, let's kick off the show with our weekly countdown. In segment four, I'm talking with Publishers Weekly Reviews editor Everett Jones about the best summer pet reads for the whole family. And in segment three, Waggle CEO Stephen Mornelli talks with us about how pet owners are struggling during the pandemic. And in two, in this portion of the show, I'm talking about celebrity pets and their people. Specifically, I'm talking about the newest member of the blended J-Lo and A-Rod family. And in Flex Facts, I'm talking about what considerations you need to think about when choosing flea tick and heartworm medications for your dogs, cats, and most importantly, your lifestyle. And in segment one, 2020 National Dog Bite Awareness Week takes place June 14th to June 20th. This year, the campaign theme is Be Alert, Prevent the Bite. And joining us to discuss how to protect U.S. postal worker mail carriers while making their rounds is Chris Johnson with the U.S. Postal Service. Chris, thanks for joining us today on the Pet Buzz. Thank you for having me. So is it true The number of U.S. Postal Service employees attacked by dogs nationwide fell in 2019? Yes, it's very true. We fell from last year, from 2019 to 2018 by 210 dog bites. And for the last four years, we are under 952 dogs, reduction in dog bites. Wow. That's That's really good. That's really, really good. (laughs) I wonder why that is, but I'm just curious. What are the top five cities for postal workers being bitten? And has this data changed in the the last few years in terms of these locations? Well, for the last three years, Houston and L.A. remain number one and number two uh, for dog bites. Uh, Cleveland likes the spot of number four. And um, Chicago, Philly, and St. Louis... Uh, sometimes go in between spot three and Dallas like spot five. <laughs> so not, not much changes, right? Not, not much changes. Not much changes. No, the top two are Houston and L.A. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, the, new, the decline of dog bites and, and really the new initiatives that the U.S. Postal Service has put in place um, to prevent uh, your great employees from being bitten. Well, we use technology in two ways. Uh, we have a mobile delivery device, which is a handheld scanner used by the carriers to confirm customer delivery. And it includes a feature to tell me if there's an individual dog at an individual address before I even get there. And the other feature technology that we use is called informed delivery service. It alerts customers to mail and packages coming to their homes, which will allow the customer to put their dog up before our arrival. Okay, so before we let you go, Chris, what about some safety tips? Give our listening audience some safety tips to prevent our necessary and important postal workers. We love you guys because we need you. You deliver our mail. You deliver our bills. Our bills. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. So we don't want our postal workers to be bitten. And we have a lot of dogs. We have seven. They like postal workers. Yeah. They're good. Wonderful. Well, my suggestions are for the dog owners is, you know, dogs are very loyal and 
they're highly protective. Some of them are very protective of their masters or their master's property. Is you know, teach your dog appropriate behaviors and commands. And don't let your dog roam freely. Socialize and help your dog to become accustomed to a variety of situations and people. And, you know, if your post carrier or your letter carrier is coming to your house and you're accepting a package from us, if you would, put your dog in a separate room before opening the door to get the mail from us. And we ask parents to remind their children not to take mail directly from a letter carrier in the presence of the family pet because the the pet may think we're threatening that child and could get attacked. Great tips. Chris, you know, such great advice you've given us, and we all want to protect our delivery agents for the Postal Service. And thank you so much for coming today. We're going to post your safety tips on our website for all of our listening audience for anybody else to review. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Well, everyone, that was Chris Johnson from the United States Postal Service discussing how to protect mail carriers from being bitten by dogs. You know, whether you realize it or not, the postal workers are some of the most important people in your life. People don't think of them that way, but they really are. Bringing you mail six days a week. Okay, so for more information, go to USPS.com. Well, you know what? Later in the show, we want to help you from engaging in economic euthanasia with your sick dogs and your high vet bills. This is a segment not to be missed. But first up, we've got celebrity pet gossip. And of course, yours truly. Flex facts. Dr. Flex. Flex facts. Dr. Flex. Flex. Yeah. Yeah. Flex Too fast. Yeah. Not too fast. Okay. Okay. So stay tuned. Listening to the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Hi, I'm Brad Garrett. The investigation of the Humane Society of the United States exposed the link between pet stores and puppy mills. Large puppy mill operations were busted in Maine, Oklahoma, Texas, and Virginia. Bottom line, puppy mills are cruel and their puppies are often sick. So do yourself a favor and go to your local shelter for your next dog. You'll get an inoculated, already fixed dog for almost nothing. So you'll not only save some money, but you'll also save a life. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter where our family adopted Lucy, a 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier. Thanks, EpiPet. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just visit epi-pet.com. That's epi-pet.com. 
Thank you so much for joining us on the Peppas this morning. This show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Let's kick off this segment with some celebrity pet news. You know, the Lopez and Rodriguez family is a bit bigger with a new baby. Nope. Not a human, but a fur baby. Last week, engaged Jennifer Lopez, that's J-Lo, and Alex Rodriguez, that's A-Rod, introduced their followers to the newest furry family member. It's a golden doodle puppy to be named at a later date. The celebrity couple got the dog for Lopez's son, Maximilian, that's Max. The couple surprised Max, but to date, they still haven't decided on a name. Most importantly, they want our help. So Max and Lopez's daughter Amber posed with J-Lo and A-Rod with the pooch in hand for a nice family portrait. Really a nice looking family. Insiders reveal that the dog's name is kind of a toss up between Tyson and Yankee Doodle. Well, what name do you like better? As you know, I'm from New York, so I'm a New York Yankee fan, but not enough to like that name. Maybe Pinstripe. You know that saying about the Yankees, the Yankees always win because you can't take your eyes off the pinstripes. Even so, whatever name they pick, we wish them the best of luck with their new pooch because we know what a pooch can bring to a family. And now what you've been waiting for, Flex Facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! It's going to take long. You got the time. So, Dr. Fleck, what topic did you choose for us to talk about today? Today. Today, I want to talk about choosing the appropriate flea and tick medication for your pet. Okay, this is a good choice and topic. You know, flea and tick season is upon us. So, what's the best way to choose the appropriate pet flea and tick as well as other preventative medications? Well, this is going to be profound. The best way to choose the correct canine or feline flea and tick prevention product is to... Get the advice from your veterinarian. Okay, somebody like you. So your veterinarian knows your pet's risk of disease based on the pet's lifestyle, the region in which you live, and your dog's or cat's overall health, and that will influence your veterinarian's product selection. So what are the best products on the market? The very best and safest products on the market are prescription products that are only available from your veterinarian or by prescription through your veterinarian. Okay, well, obviously, those products are probably going to cost a little bit more. So why don't you tell me, like, what features do we need to consider when considering the flea and tick medications? So pet owners need to think about this. Utilizing the DVM approved or recommended medication, it could be more expensive than the OTC product. Okay. Okay. Size and dosage does matters. Larger dogs or cats by weight means more money for the meds. Do you want more than one benefit? In other words, does it need to kill fleas, ticks, heartworms, and more? What is the best application for your pet? Liquid, shampoo, dip, collars, spot-on tablets, oral solutions, etc.? Wow, this is like really heavy-duty. you got to think about all these things. Okay. Is the medication waterproof? Waterproof? Why would I have to think about that? Because the water will leach out the medications and some of the flea and tick medications. Oh, okay. Does your pet swim? Do you have a pool? Or do you live in a rainy region? You know, that's really appropriate, especially since we live in Florida and it's rainy season And therefore, how often do you need to apply it? So, 
What are the ideal canine and feline meds? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Okay, the ideal in pet flea and tick meds, they have to be easy to give or apply. They have to be safe. They have to be effective. And they have to be available at a reasonable cost. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because with all the features, like I said earlier, I was concerned about more expensive medication. And don't forget, it's important to realize that pet flea and tick med products should be the proper size and dosage for your cat or your dog and should be made specifically for each species. Especially in a house like ours where we have dogs and cats. It should take care of the problem you are trying to prevent. No fleas. No No fleas. No ticks. Additionally, you may also want to consider what type of product is easiest to give. That is a pill or topical. Is that easier for your cat and your dog? Well, you know, it's really interesting. Hannah, who is our chow hound, a golden retriever, she can sniff out the flea and tick medication, even if I pulverize it or smush it between two spoons. So I have to put it in a bottle with some water and a squirt ball and squirt it down her mouth. Probably the biggest concern of administering this kind of medication to the pets that I get concerns from from Mm -hmm. my pet owners. So if you indicate your preference to your veterinarian, which one you'd like to use, they will help you select the best, safest, and the most effective. Again, it's got to be effective product in the presentation style that they prefer. It should also come with a guarantee. The medication, of course. The medication should also come with a guarantee, providing the product is given based on veterinarian or manufacturer's recommendations. So monthly dosing is the common frequency of most cat and dog flea prevention products. Never, never use dog flea and tick medication products on your cat or vice versa. Wow. Can you give us a few safety tips regarding pet flea and tick medication? Always read the label before administering it to your pet. Review the age and weight of your pet before applying any of the dosages. Give all medications as directed. For example, if your veterinarian recommends year-round treatment, follow their instructions. Products labeled for other animal types should not be given to another pet. Like you said, don't give your dog cat and don't give your cat dog medication. If you elect to purchase an over-the-counter, an OTC pet store product, check with your veterinarian to determine safety. There have been reported toxicities and many instances of toxicities of flea products, especially with cats, having permethrin or pyrethrin as the active ingredient. That's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, I hope this gives you more information on choosing flea and tick medications for your cat or dog. Well, anything else? That's all the Flex Facts for this week. Great information. Well, up next, my I like you of the week. And stick around because we're going to learn how to prevent economic euthanasia. More of the pet buzz very soon. How often? 
question should you bathe your pet? Well, I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed, and I'm asked that question often. How often you should wash your dog depends on a number of factors, including his health, breed, coat, and activity level, as well as where these activities are taking place. Dogs who spend days outside rolling in things are going to need a bath far more often than the ones who spend most of their time on the couch. Or you can always take the smell test. If your dog walks into the room and you can smell them, it's time for a bath. Make sure when it's time for a bath, you gather up all the supplies, including a non-slip mat and plenty of towels. Use shampoo formulated for dogs and turn your cell phone off to avoid distraction. And if you have a dog that hates getting a bath, smear some peanut butter on the bathtub wall and let him lick it off while you bathe him. Then he'll know bathing can really be a treat. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Warmer temperatures mean more time outside. You have sunscreen for yourself, but what about Fido? According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Visit epi-pet.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Let's kick off this segment with my likey of the week. That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. You know, my dogs love to lie in the summer grass, but I prefer they enjoy a snooze or relaxation time in a Coolaroo pet bed. Not only are they elevated off the ground, but airflow is promoted on all sides of the bed, keeping your pet cool and comfortable. They feature a lightweight yet strong steel frame and are made with a unique breathable fabric. Coolaroo pet beds are ideal for any dog, regardless of age, breed, or weight. Okay, let's move on because our next guest is on the phone, Dr. Fleck. So financially strapped owners often turn to euthanasia to alleviate an animal's suffering, especially now during the pandemic in these unprecedented times when pet owners and others are unable to pay their bills. They just can't afford large veterinary bills and are looking for solutions. They most definitely are looking for help. Yeah, devastating situation. And joining us today to talk about how pet owners can be helped with veterinary care during this time and beyond is Stephen Mornelli, CEO and founder of Waggle. Stephen, we are so looking forward to this discussion today, and we'd like to welcome you to the Pet Buzz. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Fleck. I'm really pleased to be here and to have a voice with your uh, your listeners. So before we begin... What is Waggle, and how does it help pet owners? 
So Waggle.org is the only purely dedicated pet crowdfunding platform that is ostensibly there to help everyone associated in the veterinary industry, pet owners that find themselves in need, veterinary hospitals and technicians and doctors and everyone associated with it that they're under duress and looking to help their patients. And we're also there to help rescues and shelters and animal welfare groups. We're purely dedicated to helping people that are whose pets are suffering from economic euthanasia and doing it in a way that um, prevents so many of the, the misuses and problems that are associated with crowdfunding platforms out there. We're truly a completely and thoroughly secure, innovative solution for pet owners. Well, you partially answered my next question is, but... Does Waggle help more than just the pet owner? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, at the heart of everything we do are the individual pets and the people that love them the most. But what we found after we started Waggle, and we didn't know this when we first started, that the, the problem is, is so much more vast. Um, you know, and there are so many different entities and constituents here that extend out from the pet owner and their families. But the local um, veterinary hospitals, the emergency and referral hospitals, the local rescues and shelters, and the, 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 the chain continues on from there that really, in our belief, that the more people that participate here, including foundations and corporates, the more people that can, they can really win. So we're really there as a, as a grassroots community uh, resource for, for people that are suffering. Well, that's good to know. So specifically, how does the platform work, Stephen? It's really easy because we're purely focused on uh, animals and cats and dogs and soon to be other species. Um, everything that we do is simple and concise and it's purpose built to, to help owners raise the funds that they might not be able to, uh, to afford for veterinary care. And as you might imagine, the cost of veterinary care have continued to grow over the years and with new technologies and advancements in medicine, a lot of these procedures become uh, more expensive and, and for many people out of reach. That's what Waggle is set up to, to solve this problem and bridge that gap between people that find themselves in financial duress and find themselves, in many cases, throughout, you know, without any fault of their own, solve that problem by connecting with people um, that actually can help them. And so the, prop, the entire process is really simple, and it just begins by going to waggle.org. Sure. So the client, the pet owner, says his the pet has cancer, they can't afford it, they go to your site, and then what happens? really that easy. So when they go to waggle.org, there's a button that says, hey, just sign up and register and we send them an invite. And that's kind of where the fun begins, right? So the questions that we ask are specific to their situation, about their love of their pet, what differentiates their pet. They're asked to upload uh, videos and pictures. And then most importantly, describe their story. What's really important and what differentiates us from every single entity is out there, not only is the scale that we can help uh, pet owners across the U.S. and Canada, but the simplicity in which we do it. Most importantly, we have a vetting process that they actually have to have a veterinary uh, estimate or invoice directly from their provider. That is a really important form of security for our donors, right? And I ask this question all the time. And I'll ask you, if you're a donor and you go on what is the biggest uh, crowdfunding platform out there, GoFundMe, and you're a donor, where does your money go? Well, we've seen so many scandals. I remember the homeless guy from Philadelphia and his two partners in crime. Um, you remember that, Dr. Flack? Yeah, so the scams are out there. So the scams are definitely out there. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with CEO and founder of Waggle.org, Steve Morinelli. 
Waggle is a crowdfunding source for pet owners, rescue groups, and others who are having problems paying their veterinary obligations. So why don't you talk a little bit with us about why it's so important to address the issue of economic euthanasia with pet owners, veterinarians, and others? The place to start with that is I I wonder how many of your listeners actually had even heard that term before. I hadn't. When I first started Waggle, I'm the first to admit it. And, uh, you know, it really struck me. And when I started to realize the scale of the problem, the vastness, um, our our calculations along with other reputable firms suggest that the 500,000 pets that are lost every single year simply because someone cannot write a small check to take care of their beloved dog or cat. That's the epiphany moment that I had when I thought about what if I have to hand my little 15-pound dog, Gracie, across a table because I can't write a small check. And when you put yourself in that situation, you know, you might face, or one of your listeners might face, that's a really powerful uh, way of looking at this. And that's economic euthanasia, right? And more than ever, people are finding, certainly from COVID, but even before this pandemic, so many people are finding themselves in this situation for various reasons, right? It's, It's a tough world out there right now. That, that to me is, you know, is a problem that I, when I started WAG, I thought, we can solve this. And it's, it's, uh, it kind of hit home, right? And so that's economic use Asia, a term I wasn't familiar with. There's another one that runs parallel with that called compassion fatigue. And as you, I'm sure you're very aware, uh, the vet industry is under great stress. It's now the highest suicide rate in the industry surpassing dentistry because so many of these young vet techs and veterinarians are, are daily facing a situation where they have to see pet owners putting down uh, these pets, right? It's a very complicated situation, um, and that's why I think it's more important in the times in the, the world the way it is today that we that we let people know this is a problem out there um, that they may not otherwise have been aware of. And, and let me reinforce that as a practicing veterinarian, I unfortunately see this too much, so your organization is definitely helpful for that. So let's talk a little bit about the pandemic and and maybe during these unprecedented times. Are you seeing an uptick of the amount of pet owners and rescue groups and others who can't necessarily pay their veterinary bills? We absolutely are. We're seeing it in overall traffic. We're seeing it uh, when people fill out our forms and they, they tell us what has brought them uh, to the to the table. Why did they find Waggle? Why did their veterinary hospital let them know about Waggle? And more than ever, right, we're seeing an increase in the volume, but we're seeing people explicitly state they lost their job due to COVID. And it's so we're actually seeing about a 30% rise, highly correlated, both in the amount of cases coming in and those that are explaining the, the situation that is driven by the pandemic. So much great information. Well, Stephen from Waggle.org, <laughs> hey, really, thanks for joining us today. And even more importantly, thank you for helping to bridge that financial gap. Thank Dr. Fleck and Charlotte for having me on the show. Um, it, you know, it, it's your type of platform, awareness, and voice that is how we get our messaging out that we exist. Um, without it, we couldn't really effectively do the work we do. So thank you for, for reaching out to us. I'm very respectful of your time and uh, really appreciate it. Well, that was Stephen Mornelli, CEO and founder of Waggle.org, discussing how to end economic euthanasia and how to help pet owners, rescue groups, and others raise money for pets in need. For more information on this crowdfunding source, visit Waggle.org. Up next, find out about the best pet summaries. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
They call me prince like I'm royalty or something. But the places I've lived ain't no palaces. So I don't need grilled salmon or a new scratching post. Just give me a cardboard box and a can of tuna and we're good. You can even change my name. I'm cool being the kitty formerly known as Prince. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. I'm petrologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We are urban. Urban, suburban, and and country. country. Well, let's kick off this segment with some global pet news. And now, pet buzz news from around the globe. You know, at this time, so many people are talking about racism, ending racism, You know, people have come together, black, white, yellow, red, Jews, Catholics, Christians, Protestant, Methodists, to protest and to dream about a better America where color doesn't matter. An American where everyone is treated fairly. Even so, we're still a diverse America, very much like dog owners. That's why I want to highlight this picture and news coming out of Wisconsin. Earlier this week, a man was photographed with his dog walking in the street. What was so unusual about this photo, the man was Charles Michael Booth. Now, according to the Sheriff's Department, Booth of Conover, Wisconsin, was out walking his dog wearing the KKK shirt, drinking a beer, and waving at traffic last Friday evening. Villas County Sheriff Joseph Faff told the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel his office received multiple calls about the man Friday evening. Can you believe this story? No. And 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 check, look at the picture. Isn't that crazy? So it's wait, awful. It's awful. Okay. So Faf said that police made contact with the man in the photograph and confirmed it was Booth. So he admitted to being in the photo. Probably a neighbor took it. Faf said Booth told the police he was just taking his dog for a walk. He added that there was no traffic problem at the time and that Booth was not committing any crimes. This incident comes after weeks of protests in Wisconsin and across the globe in response to the killing of George Floyd, a black man by Minneapolis police. Gregory Jones, president of the Dane County, Wisconsin, NAACP, called the incident a terrorist act and warned people in Villas County to be watchful. I mean, I look at your face. And I have to say, I had the same facial expression. And that's why I put this picture, because I want you all to see it on the Internet. Okay. Perhaps Booth intended to project what he believes by wearing this kind of garb. That's what Jones said. That's what the president of the the local NAACP said. You know, to me, it's intended to kind of create fear among people, even people who are not of color, people who look just like him. So people in Villas County 
should be mindful and willing to stand up and say, this is not acceptable in our country. I am so taken back by this. This is just an awful consideration by this gentleman. Whatever his beliefs are, our pets are apolitical. There's no racism. We own black colored pets. We own white colored pets, brown colored pets. All different color kind of pets. We love our pets. I don't think you have to use your dog for this particular platform. He can go to his own types of meetings and he can go to his own types of rallies and he can spew his own type of, in this particular case, uh, hate. Don't abuse our pets for your own self-interest. And you know what? It's a good point because what if somebody got out of the car and started fighting and his I just dog got the same hit thing. by just a car? The same so thing. we want to know what you think. I posted the picture on our social media channels. Like I said, I want to hear from you. Check out this picture on our social media channels and post a comment. Yeah. And really post. I'd com- really like to I mean, hear the is, comments this on this. Is out, this is outrageous. This it is, really is it, outrageous. It, it, it's uncalled for. Okay. Well, everybody knows, including Doc, that I like a good book. But I'm curious, pet lovers, what's on your summer reading list? So joining us today is Publishers Weekly Reviews editor, Everett Jones. Everett, welcome back to the Pet Buzz. Thank you so much, Dr. Fox. So what book trends are we seeing, and how do they affect readers this year? Well, of course, the big news this year for books, as for everything, is COVID, the lockdown, uh, all the disruptions to our lives. So I think we're, we're seeing a lot of books this year being pushed back either to next year or, or at least pushed back a season. So books which were supposed to come out in uh, the summer will be appearing in the fall and uh, so on. Well, then, are there any must-read animal books that should be on Charlotte's summer reading list? Uh, yes, I, I think there are. Um, just to mention a few, we have Alexander Horowitz, who I'm, I'm sure you're uh, aware of. She's the author of Inside of a Dog, Being a Dog. She's really a reading author in the field. And uh, her new, her latest book is Our Dogs Ourselves, and it's really about the dog-human relationship. And I, I think it's a book that's especially relevant right now when a lot of us are uh, interacting even more with our pets than we did before. And what else? What what else is on the must-read list? Well, I, I don't want to neglect uh, the cat owners uh, out there. And so we also have a similar book, which uh, is coming out in, in July. Um, you can, even if you can't get it from your local bookstore, you can find it online uh, called Decoding Your Cat. Oh, interesting. Uh, Yes, and uh, this is all from the uh, American College of Veterinary Behaviorists, so you know that it's a good source, people you can trust, and they talk about how you can understand what your your cat is thinking, what your cat is, uh, or to what extent you can understand what your cat is thinking, what it's trying to convey to you, and how you can have a happier, happier cat, healthier cat. One dog book, one cat book. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Publishers Weekly Reviews Editor Everett Jones. Now, if I were to give a new book as a small gift, what book should I give? Give me a few recommendations. So I think Pet Mysteries, this may come as a surprise to some people, but Pet Mysteries are uh, a big favorite, a perennial favorite. And one, uh, one new one this season is Cat Me, If You Can. Oh, I like and the that. Sex mystery. For lovers of puns and pets, these books are perfect. This is from Miranda James, which is actually a pen name for Dean James, 
who is a very prolific author in this field. This one is coming out in August, and it's a it's about a crime-solving librarian, Charlie Harris, and of course his cat Diesel, uh, who solves a different murder mystery in every book. Okay. Now, what about a kid's book? What if I wanted to give a child a book? One book uh, that came out around Christmas last year and whose premise really uh, tickled me is Bad Dog. This is a picture book. The publisher has it for marks it for as being best for kids from three to seven. And the premise is that it's about a strong-willed little girl who gets a pet cat, which she has decided is a dog. But it's a bad dog because it doesn't act like a dog. And so it's all about how the little heroine of this book comes to accept that her bad dog is actually a pretty good cat. <laughs> so, I know, I forgot, classics. If we were going to reread a classic over the summer, what should we read? Well, I mean, again, there are a lot, there are a lot of classic pet books, classics about the relationship between man and animal. I think one that is, could be really timely for this year and this moment in time is John Steinbeck's book, uh, Travels with Charlie, which is both a, a dog book, but also a road trip book, something that maybe people had planned for the summer they they might not be doing, but I think that reading this book, which is about how author John Steinbeck took a cross-country road trip with his French poodle, Charlie, in 1960, and the book was released in 1962, you can vicariously experience his travel through America and his imaginary conversations with his dog, Charlie. Well, all I'd like to say is that reading a book could certainly take our mind off of the COVID-19 problem. And the financial problems Oh, my God, yes. So, Everett, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, and thank you so much for having me. That, everyone, that was Everett Jones, the reviews editors for Publishers Weekly, talking about the best summer pet reads. For more information, visit publishersweekly.com. Well, it's always too soon to wrap the show. As usual, too soon. But before we will, we want to give you a preview for next week's show. So next week, we're going to talk about fostering pets because I think so many people are doing it. We want to find out if fostering is right for you. Good. Yeah. So, also, we want to give special thanks. Special thanks to our guests, Chris Johnson, Stephen Mornelli, and Everett Jones. And don't forget, we have a special interview on our website this week with AAA. Learn where the best destinations are to travel with your pet this summer. National spokesperson, Doug Shoup, is featured on that interview. And we also have to thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, of course, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets around the world. And if you have any questions, uh, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. We'll cover it next week on the show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. But most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.